Amen. If you turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke, the book of Luke chapter 4. We'll be looking at verses uh, 42 through 44, examining those, but I want to read, uh, begin reading uh, at Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse number 31 this morning. And I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I watch a lot of YouTube. In, the, in the YouTube, it's really a, uh, a great thing that we have because you can uh, get on there and you can find videos that teach you all kind of how to do all kinds of things. You know, you can get on there and um, see all these videos teaching you how to work on your computer, teach you how to fix your car, teach you how to cook, and uh, teach you all types of things. And it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting thing to, uh, to be able to look at those things on YouTube and be able to uh, learn from them. But one of the differences between uh, things like YouTube and some of the other social medias, as opposed to uh, any other thing that you may see on TV, is that you really get to understand, you really get to glimpse to see, in some ways, the personal lives of those people who are actually presenting on YouTube. And as a matter of fact, it's, uh, in, in other words, in a, in, as a matter of fact, in some cases, it's kind of a, a thing because they want to let you to know what it's like to be in their particular professions. You can watch all types of videos, say like on, fi- uh, on flying, and there's these pilots who are, do these YouTube channels, and they take you behind the scenes of all their, their flights, and every once in a while, they'll do these things like some of the other creators do, and they'll do these videos called A Day in the Life. And what they'll do is they will seek to show you what it's like in a particular day in their particular profession. Now, I know in the, in the spirit of uh, TikTok, in the spirit of Instagram, in the spirit of YouTube, in these days of the life, they're not necessarily telling you the truth because they want, to, want you to think that their days are exciting, that their days are full of just nonstop action, and they're always constantly busy, and they're always constant at work. And it's just really interesting to just sit there to watch these people Uh, talk about their lives, and they talk about how successful people live. And if you want to be a CEO like them, if you want to be a pilot like them, if you want to be a business owner like them, this is the schedule you'll have. And they'll talk about how early they wake up, and they'll talk about what breakfast they eat, and they'll talk about their times of meditation, and they'll talk about all their meetings and all their preparation and all their planning. And it's just fun to watch these successful people hard at work while I'm just laid back in my chair drinking Dr. Pepper and eating Girl Scout cookies. And there's one in particular on TikTok. There was this, uh, there was this young lady who worked in the tech industry, and she worked at uh, Google. And uh, one day she was going to show us what it was like to live in the day of a life of successful worker there at Google. And it talked about her getting up and she would stroll down to eat breakfast at this nice uh, coffee shop and get your frilly uh, frappe latte coffee with all her girlfriends there. And then she'd stroll into work around 10, then around 11. Uh, they would have some kind of, uh, you know, dinner, some type of lunch that the office would cater for them then. And they would all just sit around and have their nice little lunch. And then they go back to work for a little bit, and then they would talk about after work management would take them out for dinner. And she talked about how it was a great to be a part of Google. And the next day on the day of the life was her getting laid off. So things kind of happy funny that way. 
But you know what? I think Luke may have been into this TikTok and he may have been into this YouTube and, and he may have been pretty good at it because in these last closing verses here in chapter four of, uh, of chapter four, he gives us a day in the life of Jesus in his early ministry. And what a great thing for us to see. What a great thing for us to emulate if we were to look at it. What is it like? What is the schedule? What is the routine? What is the habits in the day and the life of our Lord and Savior? But as we read these scriptures, we'll see it's not necessarily what things that are done during the day, but what made Jesus' life successful and what made his walk with God so great and what was allowing him to accomplish the things that he accomplished during the day was not what he did during the day, but how his day started. So as we read these verses, let's think about the life that Jesus lived and how we too are supposed to spend our days. So look into the book of Luke chapter 4. We'll begin with verse number 31. It says this, And he that being Jesus went down to Capernaum, into the city of Galilee, and was teaching them from the uh, teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed. And in the synagogues there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, "Hey, what have you uh, to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God." But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had been thrown down into the nest, he came out of him, and having uh, and have done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding regions. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill and was had a high fever. And they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve him. Now when the sun was setting and all those who, uh, who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them, and he would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them, but he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for this, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time, Lord, that we just have to come, Lord, and just open up your word. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that as we open it up and we talk of it for these next few minutes, Lord, that you'll open up the hearts of each one here. Lord, and that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will just come speak to us. And Lord, that you will convict us with the truth that in order to have successful lives in you and your kingdom, 
We are to begin all of our days spending time with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What amazing the day and the life of Jesus we are presented. You see just really the early rock star phases, if you will, of Jesus' ministry. How does it say he started off? Well, first he rose into uh, to the synagogue, and he teaches, and he begins preaching. And everybody's just astonished at his preaching because it is not like the Pharisees' preaching. It's not like the other teachers' preachings. But it's a preaching, it's a teaching that comes with authority. In other words, it has meaning, it has definiteness, it has power. In what way did it have authority? Well, as Jesus was there preaching, just like I would be here on preaching, you know, so I'm not too much different than what Jesus was in his preaching because he came to the synagogue and started preaching, and I come in the church and I started preaching, but what does Jesus do to really show his authority to really distinguish himself? Well, there was a man there who was possessed with a demon, and this demon started calling out, even before Jesus was time for them to know that he was the Christ. They were saying that we know who you are. You are the Christ. And Jesus tells him to be quiet, and he tells him to come off. And so he shows his authority by being able to perform healings and to being able to perform miracles. And people were like, well, what is this teaching? What is this teaching that he not only proclaims these words with such certainty, certainty and with such authority, but yet he has the power to even cast out demons and to even heal. As for the preacher you out here, he doesn't have healing. All he's got is jokes, and he just tells us jokes, and we see how superior Jesus was. And so, but his day wasn't too much uh, different than what it was, than ours were. You know, you go up, you go to church, he preaches. What do we do after he preach? Well, we go to somebody's house to eat, and that's what he did. He goes to see Simon, and Simon's mother-in-law is there, and, and she is uh, ill. And uh, Jesus, and they go, and they say, hey, why don't you do something for, for my mother-in-law? And you know us to know that this was someone was really, really loved, that they would ask, ask Jesus to help their mother-in-law. But, and you go on, and he heals her, and she gets up, and she starts serving him. And so they have their lunch, and after they have their lunch, you know, normally this is the time where we go take our nap. But Jesus ain't going to take no nap. He's going to go out in the streets because now people hear that here's a man who can heal. Here's a man who can cast out demons. And so all through the course of the day and into the night, they were bringing all the diseased. They were bringing all the sick. They were bringing all the demon-possessed. And Jesus was just touching them and healing them, touching them and healing them, touching them and healing, cast out a demon, blind see, lame walk. Oh, man, just rock star. And everybody was just astonished. And it's interesting how the gospel presents this story. Because he lets us see all the great things that Jesus does in the course of the day of his ministry. But then as to point it out a point of emphasis, he goes to show us how the day starts. And that's where we find in verse number 42, how this day starts. And it says, and when the day came, it, when the early morning, before there was even light, what was Jesus doing? He went and he departed and he went to a desolate place. He said, I got to get away from the crowds. I got to get away from all this commotion. 
I got to get away from all of this fame. I got to get away from all of this tension. And so he went to a desolate place to spend time in prayer with the Lord. You know, it's very important for us. It's very important for us, as it was important for Jesus. And we know if it was important for Jesus, it surely is important for us that even before we step out of the day, even before we step out of the room, that we spend time with Jesus. Now, some of you spend your time with Jesus right before you go to bed. And so when you wake up in the morning, you're ready to go. And sometimes you spend your time with Jesus. You find it easier to get away. You spend that time in the morning, in the quiet of the early morning hours. You spend that time. And really, I would say that those times are pretty much the same time. And that it's just a time before you will face the upcoming obstacles that you will face. And so we see that Jesus had a time and he had a place to spend with the Lord. I know in our hearts and our lives, it's hard to find solitude. It's hard sometimes to get away because everybody's constantly looking at you. It always seems that there's something to do. There always seems that there's someone who is needing our attention, but we have to understand that Jesus made it as the ultimate uh, priority in his ministry that we in our life must make it a priority in our life as well that we take time and we get away and we spend time with God. Now, we may have to give up certain things. We may have to give up one of our programs at night and go hide somewhere, spend time with the Lord. We may have to wake up just a little bit earlier to get away and spend time with God. We may actually have to walk out of the house and maybe go on the front porch, maybe go to another place there in the yard where it's quiet for just a few moments when we're away from people and spend time with the Lord because it's hard to spend time with the Lord with all of the other distractions. We can say that we speak to the Lord on our commute. We can say that we speak to the Lord there in those quiet hours at our office or our work or whatever, but we need to spend the time where there's no clutter and there's no chatter, and we need to make that opportunity to find that place and find that time and say, Lord, this is a time for just me and you. And you open up your scripture and you read. And not only do you read it, but you're allowed to permeate your heart and you're allowed to permeate your life. And maybe you take a pen and you take a piece of paper and you write things down. I know it's good for me to write things down. It helps me remember. And it's good that when I write things down, it helps me remember because I can't read my writing. I have a no-hold notebook I spent last year going through the Scripture and writing things down and writing observations. And that book is pretty much useless to me because I can't even read a word that's on it. But it's just something about putting those thoughts to a pen that opens and allows your mind to expand and think more closely on them because so many things demand our attention. And then that we spend time in prayer. 
in specific prayer, thinking about the things of the day, thinking about people that are on our heart, taking time to go through the list. And you know, and you say to your heart, and you say, you know, you don't understand. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard because I'm so distracted. And the moment I try to pray, the moment I try to read, all these things are popping in my mind about, you know, what am I going to have for breakfast? You know, what am I going to do during the day? And all these things will pop in your head. Well, they pop in my mind too. And some of those mornings or some of those nights when I'm trying to focus on prayer, you know, the head gets a little wobbly. And all you want to do is go back to sleep. We're all like that. But we have to discipline ourselves to push through and realize that time that we spend with God is so, so important. And so Jesus took this time to go to a desolate place before anything happened, before anything took place, before he began anything that he did in that day, he spent that time with the Lord. And it's a good thing that he did because as he's there spending time with the Lord, all of a sudden, here comes the people. And what does it say? And it says, And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. Isn't a moment isn't it something? The moment you first wake up, the moment it seems like they first hear those footsteps go down on that floor, somebody's calling, Mama! Then you first get to work. You come up in the church one day, and the first thing, all the only thing you hear is people calling, Preacher! Preacher, come here, preacher! Where's the Preacher! When the day starts, buddy, everybody's looking for you, isn't it? It don't matter if you're a preacher. It don't matter if you're a mama. It don't matter if you're a daddy. It don't matter if you're a wife. It don't matter who you are. It seems like every time you start your day before you even got it good, people are looking for you, aren't you? They're looking for you because they have things that they want you to do. And everybody's coming. And everybody's coming with their demands of what they want you to do. And if you will just do nothing, you will find yourself having those people push and pull you all through the course of your day. And they will push and they will pull and you will try to meet their demands, but you won't get them all done and you will end the day just feeling exhausted like you haven't got anywhere. Because there's something about people, even people who love you, and people with even the best attention, intentions, they think they know what it is that you should be doing. And what they want you to do has some way has a relation to them. Listen to what the people said. And if they could, they would have prevented him from going on because they wanted him to stay. They were ready for act two. There was more people to be healed. There were more people to be fed. They wanted to see more miracles. They wanted to hear more preaching. They were ready for Jesus to do more, and they already had an agenda for them. And so if you don't spend time in the Word of God, allowing Him to order the steps of your day, then somebody else will do it. And you'll spend your day and you'll spend your life just pleasing people 
and making people happy and doing what it is that you think that they want instead of what God wants you to want, God wants you to do. Now, I know parents love their children and children love their parents. And they all have desires of good intention desires of what their kids are going to be. But you don't need to do what it is of just what the parents tell you to do and how to live your life and what careers you should take and what things you should do in that. But those should be set in counsel of the Lord. And the same with, with us in all of our lives. There are lots of good things that we could be doing. There are a lot of good things that you could spend your time on. And if we're not careful, we'll just spend our life just doing the good things instead of the things to which God has called us to do. You know, it's the very thing for us to think about, us in our hearts, in our lives, that just as Jesus, they were looking for Jesus and they were wanting Jesus to do what they wanted Jesus, what they wanted Jesus to do. And sometimes it's the same way in our life, isn't it? That we're looking for Jesus, but what we're wanting Jesus to do is what we're wanting him to do. But that's not how it works. But we should seek with Jesus what he wants us to do. So it is seen that these people wanted Jesus' attention. They wanted Jesus to do what it was that they wanted Jesus to do. And they wanted to keep them, keep him for themselves. And that's what it says. And it says, and they would have kept him from leaving them. They would have kept them right there in Capernaum, doing miracles for them. And so is the attitude of us, is that we want to keep Jesus to ourselves. And it would seem a good thing that he would remain in that town and help those people. But it wasn't what God wanted him to do. It wasn't his mission for the day. But what was his mission? His mission is what God revealed to him in spending that time. Because in spending that time in the Lord, that even as the people begged at him, as the people pushed at him, and even as the people made the demands on his life, he was laser-focused of what it was he was supposed to do that day. And here is what he was supposed to do. It says, but he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. You know, when we spend time with God, we learn to not only distinguish good things from bad things, but also distinguish good and noble things from what God wants us to do. See, Jesus left that room. He left that time with God with purpose of what his life was supposed to be like that day. Jesus was to go throughout the other towns, and he was to preach. And he says, that's what the purpose that I have come out there for. And what a great statement for him to say. You think about all that Jesus did just in the course of this day of the life that Luke reveals to us here in chapter 4. He preached in the synagogue. 
He cast out demons. He healed sick. Did all types of great little miracles. But the most important thing of Jesus' ministry of that day was to preach. What was Jesus preaching? Jesus was preaching the same message that John the Baptist was preaching, that they were to repent for the kingdom of God was near. And Jesus was even able to, uh, to assert even further, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right now. It's right before you. And the most important thing that people need in their hearts and their lives is not just the healing of physical infirmities, not just the giving of food, not even just the casting out of a demon, but the most important thing is that they hear the news that they need to repent of their sins for the kingdom of God is at hand. We do a lot of great things in the course of, uh, of the church, and we minister to a lot of needs. And those are the good things for us to do. But we must remember that none of that means nothing if we don't do the most important thing, and that is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they really don't know from us the truth of the need of salvation, then we really haven't met their most important need. What are your days like? If we were to do our TikTok video of a day in your life, what is it filled with? Is it filled with meeting demands? Is it filled with just sitting around? Is it filled with just going and running and doing? Is it filled with just a pursuit of job goals, of life goals, or anything of that? But any in the midst of that day in the life, is their true, honest, personal time spent with God? Do you have that time set aside where you spend time undistracted with the Lord? Do you have that place where you can go and just for maybe 30 minutes or an hour that you can hide from everybody else and just spend some time talking to the Lord, because it's in doing that is where we allow God to order our steps and to order our days. And if we don't, we'll find ourselves just being pushed around by everybody else's demands and not being able to make sense of it all and truly missing the purpose of what God has for our life. Let us follow the life of Jesus let us start our days as he did, spending time with the Father, asking, Lord, what is it that you would have me do? Let's pray. And Father, we're so thankful. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, of how you desire a personal relationship with us. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that has not accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they'll do so today. But Lord, I pray for the rest of us that already know you to search our hearts to see what is the status of that relationship. Are we spending any genuine time together? Or are we pretty much strangers to you? Busy with the hustle and bustle 
of everybody else's demands, not spending the time with you. Let's commit ourselves this morning, Heavenly Father, to making that the priority of our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand and sing a hymn of